The title of the message is Unveiling Perfect Tables. Unveiling Perfect Tables. There were two men who came from the same tribe. They had the same name. They had the same weakness. Just like some of you, you can be called the name you are called by, and you discover there is another fellow called as you are called, exactly as your name reads, their name also reads. Just like they come from the same tribe, you also come from the same tribe. So in history, there were two men who shared a similar name, a similar tribe, and a similar weakness. One of them was a king. The other one was a lawyer. One of them had a family. The other did not have a family. And these two men are relevant to us tonight because these two men, they are relevant because they all came to that one decisive place. And one of them perished while the other one was able to conquer his predicament and to rise up to be a legend. Ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about Saul, the son of Kish and Saul of Tarsus. Saul, the son of Kish, was a king from the tribe of Benjamin, while Saul of Tarsus was a lawyer from the same tribe of Benjamin. One day, Saul came to a crisis in his kingdom, and when the crisis hit him to the ground, he ran to a witch. One day, the other Saul of Tarsus came to a crisis. When the crisis hit him, I mean, hit him to the, to the ground, he went and sat and waited for a disciple of Jesus, just like the other day we had during the miracle service. When Saul reached the place where it was make or break, and we don't have to preach a long message to describe such a place because all of us who are alive, at one moment in your life, you will reach that make or break situation in your life. A day comes when the marriage is breaking or it is getting to the next level. A day comes when a career is coming to an end or crossing to the other side. Saul came to that moment of darkness. That moment when you feel God has abandoned you. That moment when any voice that can come from heaven, you will chew it and bite it and use it to cross beyond the darkness you are facing. Saul came to his moment of darkness. The problem with Saul, which we are going to deal with in some of our lives, he went to a witch. What does it mean to go to a witch? To go to a witch does not mean you go to that small house full of snakes and cowrie shells. To go to a witch means to sink deeper and deeper into deception. To go to a witch is not about going to a small room and saying, now I am in the house of a witch. To go to a witch means to give in to the lie of all lies that says you can do it apart from God. To go to a witch means to take a plan B which is out of the will of God. Saul took a plan B. Saul went and poured out his soul. To an unbeliever. Saul went and poured his agony to an unbeliever. Saul took matters in his hands and he regretted for the rest 
of his life. And tonight, I am looking at people, some of who have been tempted to go to a witch. Some of who have been tempted to go to an unbeliever. Some of who have been tempted to go to their best friend. Some of who have been tempted to go through other means apart from waiting on God. And if you have ever gone to a witch or you are planning to go to a witch, this Kesha is for you. And I say to you in the name of Jesus, may the Lord deliver you. Saul goes to a witch. Why? Because he was looking for light. He was looking for a solution. He was looking for a way out of the crisis. And he began to succumb to what he should not have succumbed to. And tonight the Lord told me to tell you, listen, our soul of Tarsus needed light to be able to come to the place of his destiny. Even you tonight, you need to confess the light. His name is Jesus. You may ask, but man of God, your title says, Unveiling Perfect Tables. How does soul going to a witch brings the issue of the table? How does soul of Tarsus meeting Ananias bring the issue of the table? Listen to me. When the witch was done, when the witch was done with Saul, do you know what she did? In 1 Samuel 24, verse 20, the Bible says, and I'm not saying you open, the Bible says, Saul was begged that he should eat bread and have some food and have some drink. Where was this food served? Where was this food served? It was served on a table. But the table was the table of a witch. I wish I was a Nigerian. I would have dramatized it. <laughs> Please make this your tribe. <laughs> Saul is eating food after the witch has done her, her services on him, but the food he's eating, he is eating the food at the table of a witch. And the Bible says after he had eaten, what happened to him? Did he have a stomach? No, no. He was strengthened, but strengthened with the food of a witch. What did, what did you do last time you talked to that friend and you high-fived and you took some Coca-Cola or whatever you did? You felt strong. But it was a false strength. The witch was fattening this boy to go and die with strength. The witch was giving him strength so that he can go and get ready for a painful death. The Bible says when Saul was trying to die, the death refused. Maybe because he was too full of bread. The death refused and a man had to come and finish him off. Because he had eaten food from a wrong table. And some of you, you look like you are strong. But the food you ate was not the right food. May the Lord also deliver you from that. The other soul of Tarsus also did not eat for three days and three nights. Because he was in a crisis. He did not eat three days, three nights. And even him, the Bible says to us, he was given food. And he ate. And immediately he ate, the Bible says, he rose up and he began preaching. And what was he saying? That Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He began to enter in his mission right away after eating. Perfect tables happen when men are given food. But this food is given in the right environment. 
this food is given by the right people. This food is given for, by the right people for the right motive. Saul ate food. Saul, the son of Kish. But it was the food of a witch. Do you know who is a witch? Mark? A witch is somebody who tells you what you want to hear. <laughs> Do you know who is a witch? Angela? A witch is somebody <laughs> who gives in to your demands. Who gives in to your ego. And when you notice there is this person who gives in to your demands, run. Because the food they will give you will be the food of a witch. So Saul insisted, I want Samuel. I want Samuel. It was like he was carrying placards. I want Samuel. I want Samuel. And because he insisted he be given Samuel, he was given Samuel with the food on top. And some of you, because you are so much strong in your will and you want your way, the Lord is busy giving you your way by handing you over to friends who are actually witches. Takeoff will not happen because of self-will. Takeoff will happen because of the grace of God. And any time you feel like, God, I must have my will, Beg God to deliver you because you are just about to go to the house of a witch. Because only in the house of a witch can people have their way. Why is the takeoff delaying for some people? Why are perfect tables delaying for some people? Because the Lord is yet to crush their will. The Lord is yet to deal with their will. The Lord is yet to deal with the great I that is still at the center of everything. And my people, I beg you, I'm not trying to preach to you. I'm also preaching to me. This is what the Lord is saying to all of us. Listen to me. The Lord is saying, when you surrender your will, and it is no longer about what you want, but about what the Lord wants, witchcraft will have no power over your life. Now, let me talk to you briefly about witchcraft, because nothing is killing Christians and trying to stop Christians like witchcraft. And by witchcraft, I'm not talking about the, 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 the dirty men hiding, hiding in, in, in dirty houses. Witchcraft is a spirit. It is a mechanism that the, the devil uses. One of the ways to detect that you are under witchcraft is when there is confusion. Confusion is a sign of witchcraft. When you detect that you are not in charge and your joy is not full and your God seems not to be powerful. My brother, my sister, you are fighting spirits of witchcraft. And how do you deliver yourself from witchcraft? Very simple. Surrender. Very simple. Surrender. Saul had a will. And this will trapped him into witchcraft. Saul had a personal agenda that could not wait. This personal agenda sucked him into witchcraft. And soon he was so confused, he did not know he was walking straight into death. And that is what happens. When men are sucked into witchcraft, they begin to walk into death. One of the things we are going to pray tonight is that may the Lord deliver all of us from any mental oppression. 
When people are mentally or emotionally oppressed, they will do anything to feel good. They will talk anything to anyone. Am I communicating to you? When people have this oppression in their minds or in their emotions, they will look for anyone who will listen. And before they know it, they have opened themselves up to spirits of witchcraft. And tonight, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every spirit of witchcraft. We destroy that spirit in the name of Jesus. We bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. We refuse that spirit in the name of Jesus. We cast it down in the name of Jesus. Who led Saul to this woman? Do you know who led Saul to this woman? It was not Satan. It was a friend. It was a colleague. It was an associate. The Bible says how Saul wondered, who can inquire of me? I want to talk to Samuel. I want to talk to Samuel. And there was an associate next to Saul, ready with the tools, ready with the Google map to guide him to witchcraft. And tonight, we are also going to pray over our associates, over the people around us. Nothing pushes us to confusion. Nothing pushes us to mental slavery. Nothing pushes us to emotional frustration like the people around us. Their associates. Their friends. Saul as a friend. Saul as an associate. Saul as a servant. The Bible calls him a servant. Yet, this is the very person Satan will use to set him into witchcraft. To set him into bondage. My brother, do you know why some of this take-off thing has not happened for some people? It is because a friend brought in a plan B. This morning I took one hour over the phone with a certain woman. We began working so well with her. And we began to see deliverance after deliverance, victory after victory. Till she went and put her head in a, a smelling shoe. Let me call it a smelling shoe. And she came back with this bad report after this bad report after this bad report. And before you know it, especially with the women, eh, she was confused and crying as if she was beaten. And I told her, my sister, why did you go looking for a friend who does not know where God is taking you? Why did you go looking for evil report and negative report that will not help your destiny? Now look at you. You are messed up. You want to give up. You are discouraged and you are confused. Why? You went to the wrong person in the name of trying to relieve your stress. Now we have to clean you up. And boy, was that cleaning long. I don't know if it is really complete. I'll know by tomorrow. Witchcraft is always waiting through that friend. Witchcraft is always waiting through that associate. Witchcraft is always waiting through that visit you are making to that wrong place where you should not go. Did you know? <laughs> I was watching a, a very funny clip. A friend of mine sent me, very funny lady. She sent me a clip of a person looking for you know, she was Googling through, a clear, uh, through Google symptoms of headache. And when she typed headache, the first Google that came out was brain tumor. <laughs> <laughs> 
So she's describing the headaches that she's been having, how they have been recurring, and she just wants to know what to do with these symptoms. And the option she has is brain tumor. And now you began with a headache, now you have to deal with what? Brain tumor. What did you do? You went to the house of a witch. What did you do? You went to the wrong place. My brother, it is true that there is this itch in your professional life or in your career or in your marriage. But why do you remove it from headache zone to brain tumor zone? By going to the wrong place. Let me tell you the truth. Saul of Tarsus had a bigger problem than even Saul, the son of Kish. Let me describe number one problem Saul had. Saul of Tarsus had blindness. Somebody say blindness. Imagine you are a lawyer like my lords here. There are several my lords, so I'm not going to point all my lords here. There are several my lords, and most of them are ladies anyway. So <laughs> you are a lawyer, and you can no longer see. Leave alone read properly. No, you can no longer see. What is that telling you in your psychology? You can no longer practice. Because you need to write briefs and all these things my lords do. You can no longer practice. Imagine you are in the middle of your career and suddenly the greatest tool you need to move your career forward is taken from you. Saul was in that position. Number two. As a result of this man being given letters, what was the letters? It is like the permits from the city council. This man has letters from the authorities to go and do an assignment. Suddenly, he can no longer even see where he's going. Leave alone, even read these permits. I know some of you, you started a business by faith. You went and took some permits by faith. And now there is a blindness that we need to rebuke tonight. Now there is a blindness that is hindering you even from exercising those permits. Do not fear. Help is on the way. Saul has permits that he cannot use. A friend of mine was telling me, I rented a space in this mall and I can no longer pay it. I want to shut it down. Things are bad. I told him, are you quoting scripture or you are quoting me realities on the ground? He said, how do scriptures enter into this? Some of you have never met tired people. Personally, I deal with them every week. So this man has rental space which he cannot use. It is like Saul having letters from authorities he can no longer use. Number three, he has people who have been coordinating with him, men who travel with him, who are seeing the light, but they cannot hear the sound. Meaning there is this array in his inner circle. Listen to me. Do you know nothing slows people down like this array in their inner circle? You used to flow. Now you are not flowing. You used to go take quick credit. Now you cannot go take quick credit. You used to high five and feel joy in your heart. Now you cannot high five. There are these disarrays. So as a disarray. And for a few minutes, which were not really minutes, three days, for three days, this man did not understand what is going on with him. 
But thank God he went and waited in the house of God, in the place God told him to wait. Soon, there was clarity. But I'm grateful for what I'm about to tell you next. When the light came from heaven and there was a sound, we'll read the Bible, don't worry. When the light came from heaven and there was a sound, this is what happened. The men who used to be Mtuamkono, the, how do we call them in English? Those who went to school, Mtuamkono. Huh? Handmaids. <laughs> the handmaids. <laughs> the hand people. Laborers. Cup bearer. Now, the men who used to be the hand, hand people, the, 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 the service providers, the service providers that he was leaning on very, very dearly when the light shone and the voice came from heaven. Though for three days he cried for them, the rest of his life he did not need to cry for them because he no longer needed them. I tell you as a prophet of God, some of the people you think you need, may the Lord bring you to a day you will not need them. Some of the people you are crying for day and night, may the Lord bring you to a point you no longer have to cry about them day and night. So as people who facilitate his office to run as a lawyer and as a persecutor, after three days, these people are jobless. Not because he chased them, but because his new calling no longer required them. May the Lord upgrade your calling. May the Lord upgrade your work. May the Lord upgrade your needs. So that the people you need and you are servicing from your own sweat, you no longer have to need them or service them in Jesus' name. Now we can read the scriptures. I don't know what I was doing, but was it good? Now, <laughs> Acts chapter 26 from verse 1. We read this, then we begin to pray. Acts 26 from verse 1. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. God, I'm scaring some people already. Let's get it in King James. Then Agrippa said to Paul, You are permitted to speak for yourself. So Paul stretched out his hand and answered for himself. We'll come to that. Verse 2. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things which I am accused by the Jews. Especially because you are an expert in all customs and questions which have to do with the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to hear me patiently. I also say I beg you to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, which was spent from the beginning among my own nation at Jerusalem, all the Jews know. They know me from the first, if they were willing to testify that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. To this promise, our twelve tribes, honestly serving God, night and day, hope to attain. For this, for this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused by the Jews. 
Why should it be thought incredible by you that, though, that God raises the dead? Indeed, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. This, also, this I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints I shut up in the prison, having received authority from the chief priest. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. While thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. Let's pause there. For about 25 years, according to historians, Paul was about 26. So for about 25 years, this man has been sitting comfortably at a certain table. He has been feeding his family, whichever extended family he had. He has been writing journals. He has been getting quoted in the press. He has been doing well professionally. But all this time, this man is doing well, but not doing perfectly well. Are you hearing me? For 25 years, he's a lawyer. For 25 years, he is able to feed himself from his own salary. For 25 years, he is able to travel to the nations. He is able to take visas and take flights to whichever nation he wants. For 25 years, this man looks like he has it. Looks like he got it together. He looks like he has a future. But he doesn't know. He doesn't know what you are about to know tonight. But till light has shone from heaven, those who have a salary, those who have a career, those who have journeys to make to foreign cities, those who seem to have it together, till light has shone from heaven, and this light has pronounced itself as the light of Jesus, blindness will come. And you may be paralyzed without notice. The perfect table begins not when a man gets a job. Are you hearing me? The perfect, the perfect table does not begin when you finish your thesis and when you have your career intact. The perfect table happens. When a man who looked like he was traveling all right, having all the powers to travel, having all the horses and the chariots to travel, having all the accompaniment that he needed, when a man of such, of such kind is able to encounter the light and to be gently told by the Lord, wait and I will show you what I have in store for you. It is this light that Paul received from heaven that gave him the boldness now to stand before kings and to stand before Caesar and to stand before governors and to stand before mobs that were about to kill him. You know, some of you, if you are to face a mob right now or gangsters ready to kill you, do you know you will not quote your office, the address where it is? Do you know you will not quote where you stay? Do you know you will not quote what you did last night? All you will quote is, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
The perfect table does not depend on your job. It does not depend on your contract. It depends on the light you carry within you. That light that makes you look at a gangster and say, I am a child of God. People think they are alright till they are looking at death face to face. People think they're alright till they're looking at extinction. People think they're alright till they're looking at a calamity. People think they're alright. We want you to get that job for those of you looking for jobs. We want you to get that breakthrough for those of you looking for a breakthrough. But we want above all else that light will surely shine in your heart. That no matter what happens after tonight, you will not be shaken. No matter what opposition you face after tonight, you will not be shaken. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Because if we tell you as preachers that from tonight, because of the prayers we are going to pray, you will walk through that door and all your enemies will smile like Joel Austin and things will be alright, the sun will be shining, we will be lying to you. What you need is a stronger antidote on your inside to stand before Agrippa and to tell Agrippa, Agrippa, I have a testimony and this is my testimony. Though I was a lawyer and now I'm a preacher, yet I have a light that shone in my heart. A light that no one can put out. So Paul talks about a light. And I want to measure on that light because that light is what will lead us to the perfect tables. That light is what will lead us to the perfect standing. A standing that cannot allow us to fall again. That light is what we need tonight. What is that light? We keep reading now. Where did we stop? Verse 13. At midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun. What do we mean brighter than the sun? This light is above and beyond the natural. Some of you, you are living by the natural. And the light you carry to your workplace is a natural light. The light you are carrying to your projects is a natural light. The light you are carrying to your relationships is a natural light. And the Lord Jesus is calling on you to have a light that is brighter than the natural. The Lord told me one day, and this is dangerous, don't try this at home. <laughs> this is on me only. The Lord told me, my son, there is a safety that is beyond looking left, looking right, then looking left again and crossing the road. And he told me, this is a safety. When you know the destiny I have for you, and you are so sure about it, though sometimes you may forget to look left, look right, you will cross the road and no vehicle will eat you. Because you have a conviction that the future must happen. Therefore, no vehicle can knock you. Now, I say, don't try this at home. You look left, look right, look left again. But please remember, there is something greater than road safety that will keep you safe. There is something greater than boiling the water that will keep your health safe. There is something greater than the sun that will shine and give you confidence. And some of you, all you need is not even prophecy. What you need is for your insight to be strengthened in the light of God. 
And you walk through those debts and you are smiling, saying, debts, you cannot knock me out. And you walk through your health issues and you are sure your health issues cannot overtake you. Soul, so are light. I pray to you to, I pray for you tonight. May you see light. May you see a light that is beyond the natural. And I see people with budgets. Oh God, the budgets are all over this place. And there is a natural budget and there is the supernatural budget. Natural budget goes with what is available versus what is needed. Supernatural budget goes with what God can provide and what he has promised. Which budget are you drawing in your mind tonight? I see people with deadlines. January, February, March. Now we are in July. And I see people with the deadlines of July and August. Even me have some deadlines that are personal. And all I'm asking is you, is your deadline natural deadline or supernatural deadline? People will see the light. But either the light they have is a natural light leading them to natural zones or they have a supernatural light leading them to supernatural places. This year, it will take more than natural light. Another word for natural light is natural intelligence, natural common sense, natural way of life, natural family tree, natural, you know, demographic graph. But the people who are this age and below, this is what usually happens. And the people who are this age and below, this is what usually happens. That is a natural light. And the takeoff you are looking at, the perfection you are looking at, the perfect tables we are looking at, does not require you to subject yourself to natural light. Why did Saul lose it? Let's go back to Saul of Kish. Saul lost it because he took his binoculars and he looked at the Philistine army and he saw people coming to destroy him and his kingdom. And then he went to a natural man with a natural appetite, with a natural breath, and asked him, what can we do about it? Let's go and meet a natural woman called a witch in a natural house. Nothing will kill your destiny like the natural. Nothing will kill your destiny and slow it down like the natural. Saul looks at the physical army. She, he, he, he turns to a physical assistant who takes him to a physical witch. And by the way, less than 48 hours after that, he had a physical death. Those who live by the flesh will die by the flesh. Those who live by the spirit will live by the spirit, will triumph by the spirit. I have seen people succumb to the natural and they wondered, why was God not taking me to where I should go? Because the natural was so real for them. My brother, my sister, rent is a natural thing. Fuel is a natural thing. Food is a natural thing. These things do not have to get permission from you to, to determine how much you are going to praise God or how much you are going to live for God. So there are two people in the camp of Saul, and we are going to deal with these two people. The camp of Saul of Tarsus are two people. One saw the light of the sun, but the light of heaven they did not see. Another saw the light of the sun, 
and did not dismiss it, and they still saw the, natural, the, the supernatural light of God, and the supernatural light of God shone through. And that was enough. I am not disputing what you are saying, but I'm asking you, can't you subject it to something greater? I am not disputing the report you have about your business and your marriage and your workplace, but can't you subject it to a higher report? Because perfect tables are not going to be set up naturally. They are going to be set up supernaturally. And why are people delaying into destiny? Why are people not taking off? The natural is so busy giving them conversations. They cannot hear the supernatural. They cannot listen to the supernatural. We were sharing with Irene before we came. And I was telling her, Irene was asking me, the way I usually ask her, do you have a sermon? I told Irene, I don't have a sermon. Mm, I get it. I get it. So I begin pacing up and down, and when I'm called, I still do not have the sermon. And even as I'm speaking, I still don't have the sermon. <laughs> so help me God. And what am I doing? I am stretching my natural to operate from the supernatural. Now, there are those who must do their thing for two weeks. God bless them. But I believe if you have an option to do supernatural sermons, where you're just talking and the people are smiling, boss, have the right. It is more exciting. <laughs> have the right. And so you walk into your office and you have the natural plan. Then you tell God, God, give me a more supernatural plan. This is what I need. Yes, you walk into your kitchen. There is the natural budget. You tell the Lord, give me a supernatural budget. Mama Florence, you walk in and you have no natural wife. Give me a supernatural wife. <laughs> Those who know me know what I'm talking about. Now, there are two lights. One is natural. The other is supernatural. And tonight, we need to reach to the supernatural for the provision we need. We need to reach to the supernatural for the connections we need. We need to reach to the supernatural for the victories we need to see. We need to reach to the supernatural. And the supernatural language is not natural language. One of them we said is jumping and shouting and claiming victory. How did Jericho fall? The people shouted. And I believe they also jumped. And I believe they also screamed. As they are jumping by faith, Jericho was also jumping but downwards. Eh? <laughs> Going down. And it never rose again. Finally, let's go back. At midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when, all we, and when we all had fallen to the ground, oh, they all fell, eh? I never saw this. When we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Soul, soul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the gods. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. Listen to me, people. Takeoff will not happen because you have the full calendar the full blueprint. 
Paul is told, the light you see now, the voices you hear now, the instructions you have now, they are part of the deal. More will be revealed as you walk. Oh, the same God telling him to rise and stand on his feet knows very well he's blind. I wish you had 20 hours to preach this thing. So the same God who knows you cannot see where you are going wants you to be on your feet. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, where are you going? Can you see it? And I thank God for those of you, you know you are going somewhere, but boy, you do not know the real map. Good. You are the people who are going to walk by the supernatural light. When God does not give you the full picture, He is calling you to the supernatural light. He is not calling you to feel sorry for yourself. He is not calling you to be afraid. He is not calling you to be confused. He is calling you to walk by faith, not by sight. One time I was telling my friends in Frontier, I have no rent, so I'm kicked out of the house. I have nowhere to stay. And I have no food to eat. I have nobody to host me. And every day I go to the church where they welcome me with the big clubs. The pastor could keep telling me, the Lord is saying, move forward. And I'm like, move where? And the pastor is like, move forward. The Lord is with you. With me, how? And he's telling me, move. The Lord is saying, move forward. And you think the move forward was done for weeks? It was done for a whole year. Every day I'm calling, come, come, young man. Come, young man. The Lord is saying, move forward. Touch! And I could fall to the ground. Wake up and I'm moving nowhere. <laughs> and the problem with some of you is not that God is not working. It is because you are not believing. You are waiting for the full blueprint. Saul is told, there are things I you have seen and there are things I will reveal. Paul did not write the book of Ephesians while he was blind. It was revealed later. Paul did not write, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the rest. When he met Jesus, it was written later. And the problem, Joe, with Christians today, they want the full package now. They want their legacy before they have even worked. Takeoff is not about the full picture. Takeoff is about you doing what you can do. You standing on your feet though you don't have eyes. God did not tell Paul, see where you are going. He knew he did not have eyes, but at least he knew he had legs. And when he stood on his feet, the only natural thing he could do, line upon line, precept upon precept, began to be given to him. I want to declare to you in the name of Jesus, despite of the absence of the full picture, as you stand on your feet by faith, the Lord will give you the full picture and the Lord will give you the full victory in the name of Jesus. I know you are told the big prophecy of how you are going to the top and yet you are below the bottom. Listen and listen carefully. The Lord who picks soul from the ground He's telling you the same word. Stand on your feet. Don't sit down. Stand up. To stand means to have a clear way forward. To stand means to have a stand. To have something to live for. To have something to hope for. To have something to hold on to. All some of you need to do is to stand. 
And some of you, the Holy Spirit is saying, stop being mad with God. Stop questioning God. Stop asking God questions. Stop behaving like God is not there. All you have to do is to stand. Now, I want to, sh- I want to shock some of you. Some of you, what, what hit you and made you fall on the ground was not the devil. It was God. It was God telling you, now, you go at my pace. You go my directions. You go to my assignment. Because when the Lord leads you to that assignment, the perfect table will happen. Now, Paul has killed so many people. Therefore, he has so many enemies. And God gives him a table, not as a king, but as a preacher. When he finished his job, he was celebrated as a king. I repeat, Saul has killed many people. Therefore, he has so many enemies. As he preached, as he he responded to the commission upon his life, God made him king. The way to the top is the way of service. And one of the ways some of you are going to get to your places of greatness is just to serve. Commit to serving the Lord like never before. Commit to worshipping the Lord like never before. Commit to releasing yourself to the Lord like never before. The Bible says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the council on the ungodly. So, I, before you walk, you are not walking. Wait, we are going to do it, all these things together. Say, Lord Jesus, beginning today, I refuse to walk in the council of the ungodly. May every door of ungodly that is open for me today by the power of the Holy Ghost be closed for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And may the door of the council of the Spirit of God be open in my life. May the door of the council of my destiny help us anointed of God, set apart by God, for my life, be open in Jesus' name. So as I walk, I walk by faith, declaring it shall happen, declaring that right now, it is being ministered in my life. You, my legs, as I walk, every counsel of the ungodly in my life is being broken in Jesus' name. Lord, every counsel of the ungodly Lord in my life is being broken in Jesus' name. Because I am blessed is the man, Lord. And I am the man in Jesus' name. Every counsel of the ungodly Lord that is open in my life, Lord, I close that door in Jesus' name. And I decree, Lord Jesus, the counsel of the godly shall be open in my life in Jesus' name. Because this is my season for me to take up, to take off, Lord Jesus. This is my season for me to experience God. In Jesus' name. Number two, it says, Blessed is the man who does not stand in the way of sinners. Let's stand. Lift up your right hand and say, Lord Jesus, I am I'm blessed not to stand in the ways of sinners, but to stand in the ways of righteousness. Right now, I prophesy to myself. Uh, mention your name. I prophesy to you, Joseph. You will never stand in the council. 
you will never stand in the ways of sinners. You, Joseph, I decree in Jesus' name, you will never stand in the way of sinners, but you will stand in the way of the righteous in Jesus' name. Lift up, lifting up your right hand and say, Lord Jesus, every door that would have led me to the ways of sinners, by the power of the Holy Ghost, I give heaven room and permission to close it permanently in my life in Jesus name and right now by faith and by my own declaration I open a way a door of righteousness in my life I open a door a path of friends that are ordained of God in my life in Jesus name now, the next one, it says sit. So, can we sit? Even in my, myself, I'm sitting. It says, sit. It says, blessed is the man who does not what? Sit in the seat of? Eh? Scornful, you know, those are people that mock God. The people that mock God and the people that mock you. So, as everybody is seated, say, Lord Jesus... You said, uh, this, you know, when you ask declaring glory, you need to be standing properly. Eh? Say, Lord Jesus, I encounter a new glory of God over my life now in this atmosphere. I speak, Lord, and I declare, may the angels assigned to my destiny Start right now activating what could not be activated right now in my life. May every burden, every yoke that could not be broken be broken right now by the glory of God that right now locates me in Jesus' name. Amen.